passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. We're going to get to a great episode in about 40 seconds. But first, thank you so much for checking us out on SiriusXM. We are back, baby. And also, thank you for watching us on YouTube right now. Comment and question below. Today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Look, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for all your sports betting needs and info. They have the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including Major League Baseball, the latest fighting news, and even next season's early NFL futures. With camp right around the corner, BetOnline has also opened up odds for team wins, division futures, and of course, the Super Bowl. So what are you waiting for? Head to the website right now and use your mobile device to sign up today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to get that bonus and get into that action. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming to the pod. We took a little vacay. Maybe yep. I'm still on vacay just a little bit here, but we are back here on Believe in Bears. Let's bring in my co-host. He is former Bears defensive end, Northwestern alum, a man who doesn't mind a cup of coffee in the morning, and a man who is always on the golf course dropping bombs. It's Corey Wooten himself. Welcome back, Corey. What's going on, man? I, I see you have uh, been watching some of the reels. So, uh, what, what do you think, man? I mean... Spot on, huh? <laughs> oh, spot on! Yeah, yeah. The, the evolution is uh, the evolution is such a beautiful arc that happens there. From the moment you sip that cup of coffee all the way oh, yeah. through, and the swing's been looking good too, my friend. I think you're having yourself a nice summer. Am I right? Yeah, the swing is looking good, man. Consistently in the 80s, around around mid mid to high 80s. I've went in the low 80s a few times. So we're 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 going up golf wise, but scores going down, right? That's what you always say. Yeah, yeah. Everyone say you're going up in golf, but the score is going down. Basically. So I love to hear it, man. Well, we're back. We're recharged. We're relaxed. And training camp, it's right around the corner, Corey. Uh, this new regime, the Poles, Iberflus era, is about to be underway. Officially, we're about to start seeing some, some camp news. We're about to see some preseason games. And, Corey, the NFL season is only six or seven weeks away. So we're going to do a quick training camp mm -hmm. preview for you guys here today. And then for the rest of the month, we're going to have some amazing guests on, some industry professionals, maybe some players to talk about the Chicago Bears season moving forward. So, Corey, let's start here. When you think about the Bears training camp coming up in a week, you know, what has you the most excited? What do you want to see, read about, hear about? What's got you going right now? What are you thinking about heading into this camp? I want to see the, the wide receiver we just acquired from New England, Harry. I want to see, I want to see, you know, he was a former first round pick, hasn't really lived up to the hype and expectations. And that's what you love to see around the league. You know, the Patriots are notorious for that, having guys that have bounced from team to team, you know, former first-round picks uh, that just couldn't find a place. And hopefully we could be that place for Harry because I think he's an explosive guy. He's big, he can catch the ball, um, but just kind of never panned out in New England. So hopefully, 
you know, a fresh start sometimes is good for a lot of these NFL guys. You know, sometimes, you know, the old team you're on, you know, you, you build up a lot of resentment for, and it just wasn't a great fit for you. So hopefully the, the Bears will be a great fit. And I think if it pays off, this will be, you know, one of the biggest acquisitions that we had this season. So I'm, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how he's going to do in training camp, especially going against a guy like Jalen Johnson, that in my opinion is a rising star in this league. And I think he's going to be one of the greats if he can stay free from injury. They basically redshirted him the first year with yep. the Patriots, right? I don't know if that sat well with Nikhil Harry at the particular mm-hmm. time when you're a first round pick, Corey. Do you remember, you know, what What do you remember about his game coming out of college? Because there isn't a ton of NFL tape on him other than yeah. a little a little four or five game stretch. Yeah. And then my follow-up to you is how difficult or how behind the eight ball do you think he is right now coming into camp a little bit later to learn the playbook? Mm-hmm. Do you think that he can get acclimated quick enough to maybe make an impact in the preseason and be a, a factor week one? Yeah. So, so going back to what you first said about college, coming out of college, I mean, was was a genetic freak of nature. He was tall. He was physical. He'd go up and get the ball, would outrun people. He was a great route runner. Um, and I think I think a lot of times those those big guys, you know, they they use their their wingspan, they use their size to their advantage in college, right? Because they're going against guys that are shorter. Maybe you're not going to be playing on Sunday. So he was mossing a lot of people. And then when you come to the league. You know, you really have to continue working on your craft and the route running and separation, right? It, it yeah. that's that's what separates guys, and that's where I feel like he never transitioned in New England because you look at their offense; it's all about route running. You look from Wes Welker to Amendola, you know, guys like that, Julian Edelman. You know, they weren't the fastest guys, but they knew how to run routes. They knew how to get themselves open. And sometimes that, that works against you. You're going from college where you're able to just jump over everybody, use your athleticism. And then when you really have to focus and, and on your route running, it, it becomes some part of an issue. So I'm hoping, you know, he's really working on that and uh, be, be able to take the next step. But as far as in training camp, yes, he will be a little bit behind on the playbook, but I'm hoping his intelligence because the Patriots draft intelligent guys. There's no doubt in my mind that he's an intelligent football player. So I know he can pick up that playbook good. And I think this year it's going to be a lot of run heavy offense with a lot of play action, which I think could work out great for him. Right. He is a big play receiver. At least he was in college. So I think this, this can go to his benefit right here. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, like I said before, I think a lot of guys, sometimes they, they, they get in this situation. It's not the perfect situation. And then they go somewhere else and it's like a breath of fresh air. You know, you have that piano off your back. You're feeling good at this point. And I feel like he's really anxious to prove that he was worthy of a first-round pick and he could be a dominant receiver in, in this league. So I think it's a win-win for the Bears, you know. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm just hoping that, that it pans out and he could be a contributor this year because it'd be nice to have another big play receiver in addition to Darnell Mooney. Yeah, I'm looking about him possibly making some plays in the red zone and to add on to that too as well, it looks like the Bears – are targeting certain people when they're bringing people into their wide receiver room right now. In his mm-hmm. limited experience on the NFL field, Nikhil Harry uh, graded out above average in terms of run blocking, as did mm-hmm. Byron Pringle. So that kind of gives you a little bit of a taste, Corey, of what you just mentioned of maybe what this Bears run heavy is baby look, is what it's going to look like just a little bit. And to just tack onto that too as well, because I'm thinking about it, I think that it's been very warranted. But the Bears have had a lot of criticism this offseason about what they have done with that wide receiver room. Mm-hmm. They've brought in a lot of guys, Corey. Yep. Uh, the Dante Pettis, the Tajai Sharp, uh, Equinemius St. Brown, 
Uh, Valus Jones, the rookie. We now have Byron Pringle, and now we have Nikhil yeah. Harry. There's a lot of guys yeah. in that room right now, and there's been a lot of criticism in the offseason. But now that we're in training camp, I think it's one of the things that I'm most fascinated to watch because yeah. one of these guys, right, has to probably rise to the challenge. If you could maybe take a guess right now outside of Byron Pringle because he seems to be pretty mm -hmm. safe roster-wise, yeah. who do you think that guy could possibly be? I keep – I don't know why, but Equinemius St. Brown is interesting to me. Yeah. Because he's Getsy's guy and he's got yeah. that big body. Of any of those guys right now, or mm -hmm. some of them have you a little intrigued to see? Let, let's see if I, they I can show I th out. I think Dante Pettis, because he's a guy I looked uh -huh. at in, in college, right? I, I saw his return ability, right? It was it was impressive. He he kind of he, he was one of those guys that like wasn't, you know, he, he wasn't a game burner, but he was elusive and he could outrun you. And his return ability uh, in, in the slot, um, on the outside receiver position, I mean, he just flashed so much potential there. And I think the big thing was him. Uh, a lot of people didn't know if he really loved football. And I think that's what, what we've kind of seen, why he's bounced around a lot. And, you know, I'm just, I'm just hoping sometimes, you know, guys try to get in the league and, and, you know, they go for all the things there, the money, the fame, this is what I can do. And, and sometimes they lose the love of it, right? And I'm just hoping that maybe he found that love again, because that's been a big knock on him. So I think he has all the ability. Just it's a matter of he, he can turn it on or, or not. So I'm kind of rooting for a guy like that. You know, I'm hoping that he can he can really prove that, hey, he found the love for the game again. He has the ability. He has the talent. And, you know, I think he could be a game breaking receiver. It's just never panned out for him. So that's a guy I'm really eyeing. I'm curious to see. Byron Pringle, because he's a guy that like you put on the film and you're like, man, this guy can run, he can catch, but he's kind of been in Tyreek Hill's a shadow as, as well as Tra Travis Kelsey. So you're like, oh, he's partnered up here with Donnell Mooney. Most of the attention is going to be on him. Uh, so, hey, can, can he be a game breaker? And then Harry coming there with all his tools, his size, I'm really intrigued by that. So, you know, I, I, I think this could be a potentially, you know, there could be two or three guys that could break out. And especially with this type of offense we're running this year with the run heavy, that's that's what receivers really like because, you know, you, you really set the tone with the running game and then you, you get the defense off balance with those big plays, you know, Darnell Mooney going deep or Harry, if he could be that deep threat there. Byron Pringle's got some speed as well. So we could take a, a, a lot of shots there, you know, in, in the middle of the field situations like that, um, you know, and, and put some teams on their heels. Yeah, I think the hope is that they're, just playing the numbers, right? Yep. You know, if you bring enough guys into camp and just create that kind of competition, someone's going to rise to the top. And I'm just hoping that one of those guys, you know, with a Pringle and with a Mooney, one of those size guys yep. that gives us a little bit more of, you know, a little bit more height, you know, especially in those moments in the red zone, which we're going to need mm -hmm. outside of a Cole Komet might be able to help us out. Corey, uh, toss out another one, man. What else, uh, you know, what else is you're putting a spotlight on? What is another Corey's keys to training camp? Something that you're yeah, looking forward to I'm, see I'm develop. I'm looking. I'm looking on the defensive line, right? And obviously, we Me know. Me too. We, we, <laughs> uh, so, okay, are we okay there, Corey? Are we going to be yes. okay there? Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Tell us why. Yes, we, we we are okay. And and uh, okay. everyone says, well, well, Khalil Mack, you know, he's gone, right? So so Robert Quinn is still there, coming off arguably one of his best seasons. I think he still has juice left in the tank. People have been saying, oh, is he going to hold out or is he not? I think he's a veteran player in the game, and he's one of those guys that you don't have to monitor. He knows what he needs to do to get himself ready. And there's no doubt in my mind that he'll be ready for training camp. He'll be ready for the season. And I think he'll have another double-digit season again. 
No, no doubt in my mind. And look what he did last year, even without Khalil Mack being out, right? With Travis Gibson being in there, he had a great season in his own right. But, you know, with all, with all the attention on him, he was still averaging, you know, a sack a game pretty much. Yeah. So I think that's telling you everything you need to know. But uh, a guy that I'm really looking forward to, and I think he's going to have a breakout season, is Al-Kadim Muhammad. Went to my former alma mater, high school, Don Bosco Prep. He's a Jersey guy. He went to the University of Miami, had a couple issues over there, and was supposed to be a first-round pick. Fell to the sixth round in the Saints and had, had a couple okay seasons there. Really had a breakout season last year with Eberflus on his defense. Had seven sacks. Right. As a first year starter, he plays the run really well. He's athletic. Um, and I don't think he's even scratched the surface of where he can be. I think he's 26 years old. So still not even in his prime yet. And I think under this defense with opposite Robert Quinn, you know, having Travis Gibson be able to, you know, switch with, with both of them as well. I think he's going to have a double digit. I think he'll have at least 10 sacks this year for sure. I think this is going to be his breakout year. And, you know, I've seen him over the years just continuing to improve, you know, became a rotational player then was a full-time starter. Really love what I, what he did. And I love that he can play the run because what was the knock on Robert Quinn years in past? He couldn't play the run. He's been playing the run in Chicago. Now we have another defensive end on the left side to solidify that run. Now Kadeem Muhammad, tough dude from Jersey. Yeah, you heard me. Um, so I'm looking forward to, I'm looking forward to that. And I'm looking forward to Travis Gibson. You know, I think potentially, um, Travis Gibson will have another seven sack plus season again. You know, I think he'll be the third end rotating, keeping them fresh. And I think he'll still fit in that role. And I'm looking forward to, to seeing that. I really want to watch that unit play because I think that is one of my bigger concerns, honestly, heading into training camp. And honestly, that might have something to do with, I mm -hmm. think maybe the lack of name recognition or feeling like the yeah. ghost of Akeem Hicks and Khalil Mack just aren't there anymore yeah. because I have high hopes for the secondary, right? And I'm excited to see mm -hmm. Nick Moreau and Roquan Smith, two of the fastest linebackers yeah. in the game, in the same team, flying yep. around, flying to the ball. And, I, you know, if you can't get to the quarterback, you know, it hurts It hurts a little bit of the secondary, yeah. a little bit. It takes a little bit of a way. And, and, Corey, I just – I've been doing a lot of research, and I was kind of looking up – you know, uh, I'm doing a lot of fantasy football stuff and talking about Justin Fields and everything. And I think that a lot of people are writing this Bears team off right now, right? You mm -hmm. know, the talent isn't there. The wide receiver room isn't yeah. very good. Mm -hmm. But if you look at this schedule, Corey, yeah. you can't deny who you play against on Sundays. Yeah. And for this Bears defense specifically, I counted, I think it was eight matchups where they're going to be playing last year bottom tier offenses. Mm -hmm. Yep. And I'm not even counting the Falcons, who I think are going to be one of are going to take a step back on offense too as well this year. So there's going to be a lot of advantageous matchups for this Bears defense, which hopefully can help out a Bears offense, which is trying to maybe get its legs yeah. under him a little bit. Yeah, I, I had said this on, on the interview with Gabe on, on one of his radio shows. I said the Bears will have at least nine wins this year, you know, potentially ten. So you're still there. Awesome. I'm still there. I'm still there. Yeah. And, and people, people think I'm absolutely crazy for that. And, and, and I, I like it because the, the thing is, right. What people don't realize is in this league, right. You look at, you look at, for example, the Tennessee Titans, what they've done with Mike, Mike Vrabel, how have they built their team? Right. And I think Justin Fields is way more talented than Ryan Tannehill. No disrespect to him at all, but I think he's more talented. Right. Our running game, you know, Der Derrick Henry is one of the one of the top backs for sure, you know. But we also have David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, you know, the one-two punch. The 
David Montgomery is, is, in my opinion, one of the most underrated backs in the game. I'm not saying he is Derrick Henry, but but he is up there as the great one of the greatest backs in the NFL right now. You know, I think just the fact that Bears have been so bad offensively, he gets overlooked a lot of times. And he was battling injuries last year. But you look at his yards for carry. You look with with him and Khalil Herbert averaged last year yards for carry. They are workhorses, right? And you look at what we're building with this team, a run-heavy team, right? You control the possession. You play great defense. What have we not been able to do defensively is stop the run. Under Eberflus, attention to detail, discipline, you know, gap assignment, you know, hustle to the ball, things like that. Something that we couldn't do last year. The Chicago Bears have always been able to stop the run. You know, the last two years, we haven't been able to, right? And look with the numbers with, with Quinn, what he's been able to do sack-wise. So, yeah, everyone's saying, oh, Robert Quinn's going to have the same season. No, he's not, you know, but I think he's going to have a double-digit season. And I think we're going to see more blitzes in there, you know, Eberflus. I, I think we're going to stop the run. I think we're going to bring more blitzes kind of like Fangio did, you know, early on, um, you know, with Matt Nagy's career. And I think we're going to see that type of team. You run the football, you control the possession, you play great defense, you get turnovers. It's going to take the pressure off Justin Fields, right? And Justin Fields, like I said, is more talented than a Ryan Tannehill and look what Tennessee has been able to do the past couple of years. Right. And, and Tannehill really hasn't had the ball down the field that much, but they've relied on the running game and playing great defense. And I think that's what the bears are going to do. And that's how they're going to get those nine to 10 wins. And it makes sense in this league. If you could play defense and run the football, you will win games and then limit turnovers. It's, it's a proven fact. Yeah. You, limit turnovers. And you mentioned, I think, uh, the key to the Bears defense this year, and this might sound like an old school Bears thing, but they got to get that turnover bucket filled up again, right? We got to get mm-hmm. back to, you know, popping the ball out, making some plays, create some short fields, making yeah. life a little bit easier on an offense that I think is going to, I think it's going to look different. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, I definitely think this offense is going to look improved. I don't know if it's going to happen right away. There might mm-hmm. be some bumps in the road a little bit along the way, but man, you're totally right with that running game where I think we gave. We gave the offensive line a really hard time, and honestly, some of that came down to game plan, and other times mm-hmm. it came down to execution. But when you go back to it again, you look at the Bears' schedule last year. They played a lot of teams mm-hmm. with top eight run defenses of stopping the run, and they yep. were able to still run the ball against them. I'm telling you, Corey, I'm looking at it right now. As it stands right now, the projections of the defenses that we will be playing this year, it's going to be easier for them. In a lot of different areas, I don't. The schedule is not as tough as it was last year. It's actually pretty advantageous in a lot of different areas. Uh, so maybe if I can transition, you know, what's your what's your comfort level or your concern level right now with the where the offensive line stands right now? Probably most specifically left tackle, which looks yeah. like Braxton Jones is going to open camp as the starting left tackle. Yeah, that that's that's kind of the one question mark for me. You know, is is Kenny hold up right? I know Larry Borum has been a potential option. Uh, Tevin Jenkins. So I think they're all going to be working. I think Tevin Jenkins is probably going to be more on the right side. I think that's kind of kind of his Dude, Tom. The last time we were on with Tom there, he said, don't be surprised if they kick him inside. And what happened a week yeah. and a half later, they started reporting that Tevin Jenkins could yeah. in fact be our starting right guard. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think they're going to, they're, they're going to mix and match everybody and see what the best five they can have out there. Right. Cause it could potentially when training camps over be Larry Borum at left tackle and then, you know, maybe Braxton Jones on the right side and Tevin Jenkins inside. Or it could be any kind of matchup. So I think they're, they're going to find the best five out there. You know, that's what it comes down to. But I think the left tackle for sure, we need somebody that can, that can really pass protect. I'm really not worried about the running game, you know, because I think 
majority of offensive linemen usually are, are, are pretty good run blockers. It's, it's more about protecting that blind side with Justin Fields. But I think whoever's out there, I think they're going to do a good job of managing that play action to take the pressure off. Them. I think under this staff, which, which Maggie, Maggie and company never did, was take the pressure off the offensive line, right? You know, when we played the Cleveland Browns last year, when Miles Garrett went nuts, had a million sacks, you know, why are we not chipping? Why, why are we not sliding the protection? Why are we not keeping a tight end? Why aren't we doubling, right? Like simple questions that like majority of teams do when they see Miles Garrett out there, they're like, okay, we're going to be chipping this guy all day, right? He's not, he's not going to beat us. That's common sense, but you know, think things went how it did under the Nagy regime. So we'll, we'll keep it there, but yeah. I, I, they're, they're going to take the pressure off whatever, whatever left tackle is there. But I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing if we can have a legit left tackle, you know, come into his own and, and really prove that, Hey, sometimes, Hey, maybe he can go one-on-one -on -one with the best pass rusher, you know? And, and if he can't chip help tight end help, and that's what we have to do. It is what it is. And then next year we go after options at potentially left tackle, but maybe, maybe Braxton Jones could be, like I said, like that Charles Leno. I talked about it before. Charles Leno was a later round pick that ended up being what a four or five year starter for the bears. Yeah. The saints have done this too, as well, where yeah. they've had a later round picks and they just throw them in on either the right or the left tackle. And it has worked out for them. Quick follow-up, like just, just GM general manager, Corey Wooten right now. Mm -hmm. Just like just to be honest, is is this how you would approach this? Because there's two philosophies, right? Mm -hmm. Is one, you know, what if we do have something in Braxton Jones, and we mm -hmm. feel like that we can help him out, as you're mentioning, you mm -hmm. know, with Chip help and do so, he doesn't yeah. have to be a man alone on an island. Yeah. Are, if you were the general manager of the team, would you be of the mindset of, hey, let's find out about a fifth or sixth, seventh round left tackle. Let's see if what he's got, or would you also because you have to ha also consider the fact of Justin Fields is really important to this organization. So mm -hmm. I, if I was a general manager, I'm probably more of the Band-Aid guy and, mm -hmm. and try and bring a guy along slowly, you know, mm -hmm. sign an Eric Fisher or whatever. You know, yeah. which side would you probably land on if you were in the general manager seat? So, so my, my thing was, uh, you know, I think, I think they, they have an idea of who they want to be the left tackle right now. Obviously, you know, starting out Braxton Jones. And it seems that way. Uh, you know, I think it's probably going to be him or Larry Borum. You know, at the end yeah. of the day, I think they're they're the two athletic options that I think they could slide their feet um, and I think they could pass protect the best. Um, but I, I really think it comes down to chip help, you know, even early on, like I, I, I want unless unless Braxton Braxton Jones proves himself that he can protect against Robert Quinn consistently at on a, on a you know, a pass rush situation consistently, he's going against the best if he if he can contend. Robert Quinn, you know, 50% of the time, I feel pretty good about that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like that, that's what you want in the game, but going against one of the best, I think it's going to make him better. And I think he's, whoever that is, is going to play at an elite level because they're going against one of the best. So, yeah, I, I just think, you know, we had drafted Tevin Jenkins with the, with the potential that he could play left tackle, but I never felt like that was his strong suit. And like, just like Tom Thayer said, he's probably going to move inside right tackle, right guard somewhere in that range. You know, as the road grader. And, and you know what? If he's a nasty red uh, right guard and, you know what I mean, no we're running outside that. zone and he's pulling and he's knocking yeah. people into the sidelines or whatever, it's great, right? It's still a win, right? I, I don't know how exactly. we have to – we don't have to look at it as some sort of um, 
you know, he, he doesn't have to be considered a bust, right? He just has to play, no. play well and do his job and, and help this team win games. Exactly. So I'm, I'm just, uh, yeah, I think, I think we just need the chip help. We need to take the pressure off them. And then as time goes on and he's whoever that left tackle is, they're able to prove themselves, you know, they can stand up to a five-step drop, you know, consistently without help. You know, then we open up the passing package a little bit, but until then chip help, you know, on the five steps, tight end, tight end chip, you know, tight end helping potentially um, things of that nature, just to take the pressure off because Justin Fields is one of our best assets on the team. And you don't want him to get those blindside hits. You know, I know he can run, but, you know, you look at, you know, a guy like like Robert Griffin towards the beginning of his career, talented guy that could run, but was taking some serious hits, you know, and you, you don't you don't want that to happen because that derailed his career. You know, Cam Newton at one point in time was taking too many unnecessary hits, you know. Um, so it's a combination of getting the protection, Justin Fields getting the ball out, scrambling when he needs to and just avoiding hits right because one one game last year i think it was the the was it the raiders it almost looked like remember he potentially tore his acl it oh, looked terrible and he, pl- he yeah. planted his leg and did that stiff uh, yeah. yeah so that so so we awful. need to avoid avoid situations like that and, and i think you know use his feet when necessary but avoid the hits you know for anybody just because you don't want to get hits to the shoulder hits to the neck hits to the head hits to the legs you know because stuff like that wears and tears on you, you know. Um, so if we if we can keep him clean and just have that decision making, have that clock in his head, be good. I'm I'm excited for it because I, I think the I think the run game is going to take a lot of pressure off. Let's talk about Justin Fields here just real quick. Now, Corey, you've been in a bunch of camps and you've been down at mm-hmm. Hallis Hall and you've been through what it is like on the day in and day out of getting ready for an NFL regular season. So when it comes to Justin Fields, and and talk to us fans a little bit and give us a little bit of an idea here. You know, what do you, what are you kind of expecting? You know, when we get the reports, obviously, because now we live in this universe where every single throw is scrutinized. So when Justin yeah. Fields throws a pick in training camp, everyone's going to go, whoa, oh, no. So, you know, when you're in those camps day in and day out, you know, everyone's trying to feel it out, right? Everyone's trying mm-hmm. to maybe take some chances, maybe fit it in a window you're not supposed mm-hmm. to. So, you know, wh- what are you kind of expecting to sort of hear from him? And, and it, let's just say he is making a couple of mistakes early on in camp, you know, how much is that par for the course and how, you know, how does this transpire a little bit? When do you need to sort of kind of start hearing the right things about mm-hmm. him, maybe clicking in or maybe those mistakes go away? You know, how does the ebb and flow or the narrative arc yeah. of a training camp usually go for a quarterback? Well, I, I think it comes down to this, right? Like last year we saw him make questionable decisions at times, right? Like trying to fit balls and windows and, and throws that really didn't make sense, you know, on your back foot, throwing into traffic, so I want to see the growth from him, even in one-on-one drills with the wide receiver and cornerback. I want to see him, hey, if it's not there, throw it only where your guy can get it. Throw it out of the way. You know, let, let's waste one. Let's let's not make try to make uh, be the hero, quote-unquote, on, on every play, right? Let's see the decision-making because sometimes it, it's not about sometimes the, the ones that you're completing. It's, it's, more, it's more about limiting those bad decisions right because yeah, the decisions that, you don't make right yeah, yeah exactly yeah. so 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 him like hey maybe trying to fit it in this tight window over here no let's let, let's throw the, let's throw this in the dirt and let's live to play another down right because that's half the battle sometimes what we we're trying to manage last year especially like and andy dalton did this in in the in the rams game you know we're, we're driving on him and all this throws it in the tight wind throws a pick you're like come on oh. you know we have a chance to drive down there and get some points 
and things like that. Those are drive killers. Those are momentum killers. <laughs> Corey, so that was like, a, that was a taste of things to come, right? I mean, oh, yeah, seriously, yeah. like I was at that game. That was a taste yeah. of things to come. Brutal. Exactly, and and then and then in the in the eleven on eleven stuff, I, I want to see him. Hey, when we're when we're dropping back on pass, you know, how how is his decision making? How are him and the wide receiver on the same page? Because now he has a full year of a whole off season, right? OTAs, workouts together, wherever they were uh, this summer, this spring, you know, all the receivers and him together. And then the whole training camp, right? Because last year, right, he didn't get any of the reps with the ones, right? So Darnell Mooney, a lot of times ran with the twos. That's why they were on the same page when he went out there, right? So right. now we have all, all these reps with, you know, Darnell Mooney and, you know, Villas Jones and, and Harry now that, that he's, he's there, um, Byron Pringle. Uh, so how, how is it going to translate with Cole Komet? you know, in the red zone, because that's, that's the key this year. That's what we need to see is how he's connecting with these wide receivers and tight ends, because I think Cole Komet, and I told you this, I think he's going to be the X factor when it comes to the red zone. Right. And I told you, I think he's going to be like a Kyle Rudolph in his prime, which, which I love, right. A pro bowl type guy, 700 yards receiving, you know, 10 touchdowns, uh, be that red zone threat, you know, kind of like Jimmy Graham was, you know, Towards, towards the end of his career when he was in Green Bay, right? Couldn't run down the field as well as he could, but was really good in the red zone. And even for the Bears, he was pretty good in the red zone. So if he, if he could learn from him a little bit, and because we had so many struggles in the red zone, and that will absolutely kill you if you're trying to win games. Instead of scoring a touchdown, we're kicking a field goal or missing a field goal. And, and that'll throw a wrench in your game and your season trying to win games. You got to score touchdowns in there. You got to be able to convert. And I think Cole Komet is going to be the X factor in there. And like I said, I think Kyle Rudolph, like that, that kind of prime, that's what I shoot for him. I don't think he's ever going to be a thousand yard receiver. He could surprise us, but I think he's going to be that guy, you know, that's a great blocker can, can, can catch that 15 yard, you know, uh, seam route, you know, can get open. We need to use his body. Uh, we showed in that, that Pittsburgh game, you know, that, that throw that Justin Fields put on there and he caught it. He took a hit. And that's what you want to see from your big tight end. So uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, what, what, do you, what do you feel about him and him and Cole Komet? You feel like that could be a, a good connection this year? Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be huge. And you're hitting on something. And look, it, it sometimes seems uh, simplistic or obvious, but sometimes that's just how the game mm -hmm. goes. And honestly, our efficiency in the red zone this year, mm -hmm. I think, is going to be the biggest make or break of whether the season goes like this or whether the season goes mm -hmm. like that. Cause I'm with you. If we're kicking field goals or if we're having issues where we're on the 10 yard line and we take a sack and then we're on the 20 and then we have a holding penalty and we're at the 30 and all of a sudden maybe we're out mm -hmm. of field goal range, you know, those missed opportunities are going to be huge. And, and, the, and I think that's the most exciting part perhaps about this training camp is you hit it where, you know, fields was working with Mooney, but what was the big story last year was Justin Fields and Rodney Adams. Mm -hmm. their camp bromance yep. this year is now going to be hopefully oh man did you hear justin fields and valus jones are really yeah. connecting did you hear that mm -hmm. justin fields and cole Komet, they're on the exact same page yeah. and, and and to that pass you're talking about in pittsburgh yeah i i think the world of cole Komet. i really think that this could be a great year for him um i'm excited to see what he looks like in a new offense mm -hmm. um maybe a little bit stronger i hope he gets a little bit meaner too mm -hmm. as well right because i loved yeah. him on that seam route i want him yeah. a little bit more physical in the red zone and also i just keep thinking you know when you think about that luke getsy offense what did they do all the time where they would do that roll out with aaron Rodgers, 
and they would have that little Robert Tanyan slip underneath. And instead of, you know, it would almost be like a rolling out screen pass to Robert Tanyan, and then Tanyan would hit a couple guys. I want to see that with Cole Komet. You know what I mean? I think Mm -hmm. we can use him in a lot of different ways. And, you know, his numbers against man coverage are not great. Cole Komet, he did a Mm -hmm. lot better against zone coverage last year. We can talk Mm -hmm. all day long about whether that's, you know, play construction or, Mm -hmm. you know, scheme and all that stuff. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see who walks out of camp and who are we hearing the most about, like Justin Fields and – player X have really connected during camp. I'm really excited to kind of see who that is. And if I can just throw one out there too, as well, in terms of preseason, uh, I think we're going to see some Bayless Jones and I can't wait to watch the dude play. I want to see the speed. You know, I want to see, you know, him, him plant his foot in the ground and stick somebody and shake somebody loose and get open. So I think that can be an exciting aspect as well. Yeah. That'll be funny. You brought up a good point. Bringing up Bayless Jones is the kick returner, punt returner position, right? So you got yeah. two, two guys that won't be back uh, this year. And it's kind of that battle between Bayless Jones, Tristan Ebner, uh, Daz Newsom, and K- Khalil Herbert. You know, I think they're going to be fighting for that kick returner, punt returner position. And I'm, I'm looking forward to Bayless Jones because I honestly don't think this year he's going to contribute that much wide receiver-wise. I think it's going to be more in the return game. Mm-hmm. And I, I told you, I, I, I think he's – I think he's going to be that return guy, um, you know, c- kind of like that Cordell Patterson. You know, you know, people drafted Cordell Patterson thinking he was going to be this breakout wide receiver. Um, and then his role kind of shifted to, you know, the kick return, part return specialist and was such a threat there playing against him every year. I mean, he's a guy that could t- take it to the house at any point in time. And I think Villas Jones is that same type of player. So I think he's going to contribute more on the special teams probably this year. Because I think I think a guy like Byron Pringle, I think he's going to have his breakout year wide receiver. Honestly, I think you know with all the attention on uh, Darnell Mooney, you know I'm just watching the film on him, man. I he, he he's so underrated as far as his quickness, his speed, uh, catch the ball. I just feel like he was in the shadow, you know, like I said with um, you know Travis Kelsey and uh, Tyreek Hill. So I'm I'm re- I'm really looking forward to it because. I just think the Bears are going to surprise a lot of people, you know, this year. And and everyone thought I was crazy for saying. But isn't the it nine funny though? Yeah, isn't it funny though, Corey, that like literally everyone and their dog is in agreement that the Bears are going to suck? Like when stuff like that happens, but I mean, that's when you love it. That's when you love it, right? Right. And, when and Matt outside Nagy of those, came. outside of those situations where sometimes you have like the Rod Marinelli Lions mm-hmm. who didn't win a game, right? And you just kind of already know that it isn't happening and they don't have a quarterback and there's all this other stuff, but it's like, I just can't, I can't buy into the thing that everyone on the planet Mm -hmm. and their goldfish and their dog and all their pets at home think that the bears are just going to be terrible. Um, I, I'm just, I just can't, I can't buy into that quite yet because I think the, the infusion of Eberflus, everything Mm -hmm. that you've mentioned in terms of philosophy and discipline and things that Mm -hmm. don't show up necessarily on the field, he's going to be preaching that. Hopefully it does show up on the field. And yep. Justin Fields is going to make some strides at some point, right? And this is a brand new offense. This is not yeah. Matt Nagy's offense. So if everything goes yep. up just a little bit, yeah, why can't you find yourself in some games? I know. I and and I think with the running game, depending on how they do it, whether whether they're going to let Montgomery be the workhorse the whole time or they're going to do a, do a running back one-two punch with him and Herbert. If, the, if they do that and they kind of split them time, I think they both could go for a thousand yards and people go, Oh, what are you saying? No, I'm, I'm telling you because they're going to be a run heavy team. And 
you know, I think, I think as a running back nowadays, I think people are trying to put less mileage on these running backs because they're realizing like, it's a lot of wear and tear. Like the average career of a running back is, is full, I think it's like a year and a half less than any other position, you know, just, just, yeah. be, just because it's so hard on your body, you know, think about it. If you're running back, you know, you're carrying the ball this amount of times, you know, you're, you're rushing for over 1200 yards, you know, it's, it's a lot of wear and tear on there. So I, I, I would be surprised, you know, if, if, if it's David Montgomery by himself as majority holder, I'd be surprised if he doesn't get 1400. If they're doing a running back by committee, the one, two punch, I wouldn't be surprised if they both got a thousand yards. So I'm probably going to lean towards one, two right now, just because what we saw with Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon last year, Yep. you know what I mean? Exactly. And Aaron Jones was still a very, very highly successful RB one, no yeah. doubt, but they, they still figured out a way to get AJ Dillon eight to 12 touches almost yep. every single game. And it was, and it yep. was effective. And I, and I hope that, and look, I love David Montgomery too, but I think we hopefully can both agree that I think Khalil Herbert has a little bit more of that home run in him. Yep, exactly. And I just want to, I just want to see him on the field because if we are talking about a team offensively and with a young quarterback trying to make some mm -hmm. strides, you got to have a guy that's going to take a big swing every once in a while, oh, yeah. right? You got to rip yeah. a 65 yarder. It just makes life a whole lot easier on an offense. hundred percent. And I think Luke Getzey realizes like Justin Fields isn't Aaron Rodgers. You know, he, he he's not the same type of passer as him yet. He doesn't have that same confidence. So I think, you know, it's going to be a 70, 30, you know, run to pass early on. Yeah. I, it is. And, you know, Oh, we need to do that. No, we need to win games. That's, that's what it matters. It doesn't matter if Justin Fields, throws for 150 yards or throws for 400 you know if we don't get the win what what does it matter and i i told you this i think his stats are going to be similar to that early cam newton when he first got in the league you know throw for 180 throw for 190 a touchdown a rushing touchdown you know no turnovers but running the ball very effectively with his feet having the running back as all, uh, as well um i think that's going to be how justin fields fits early on and then at, once he gets comfortable, then we'll open up things. But I think you just have to get his confidence, especially after last season, you know, kind of they did him wrong, you know, and, and there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You and I realize that. The fans realize it. You have to cater the offense to him. And once they're able to do that and get him confident, I think the sky is a limit for him because he's a special player. Some people, even Bears fans, aren't sold on him. But I think it's because – Bears fans, we man. don't know. We don't know, dude. Come on, we yeah. haven't seen we haven't seen a guy throw a football in a Bears uniform uh, with a, at an elite level our whole lives. I mean, it, exactly. it's just just kind of is what it is, and we all as Bears mm -hmm. fans just need to maybe step back and acknowledge that you know what, maybe you don't know what true love is because you've maybe never been in love before. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like we gotta like yeah. we gotta like let it play itself out a little bit. Uh, yeah, I'm with you, man. You know my July my July feeling right now is I'm right mm -hmm. there with you. I'm thinking like. 20 to 24 pass attempts a game. Mm -hmm. um, everything that you're saying, I think the most important thing about Justin Fields is getting him comfortable mm -hmm. early, and that is leaning on the run, but making some throws a little bit easy on him just to get the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. Yep. And then, Corey, do NFL teams do this? Or I, I just feel like with Justin Fields, it's like of those 24 pass attempts, let's say he does about 24 a game. Mm -hmm. The idea is to work the entire philosophy of the passing game around – those five or six shots that he's going to mm -hmm. take during a game. And I'm not saying five or six 60-yard bombs, maybe one of them, but I'm saying those 20 to 25-yard plays that Justin Fields showed last year that he can be so good at and excel at, I mm -hmm. think the whole offense needs to cater around 
when do we get him comfortable? When do we get those looks? And when do we get those moments to take those shots? Like, exactly. I, I think that's what the whole thing should be kind of focused on. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited for that because, you know, you, you got a home run hitter, like you said, and, and Khalil Herbert, right after a big 20, 25-yard run, you run up to the line and you hit a hard play action, Pop, you know, yeah. and you take a shot and you throw it only where your guy can get it. And if he gets it, great, we got a home run. If not, boom, second down, right? That's what I was talking about, making those good decisions, learning where to throw it where only your guy can get it or nobody gets it at all. And that's what the great ones do. You look at Aaron Rodgers, like he's able to do that better than anyone in this league, right? Mm -hmm. You look at his touchdown to interception ratio every year. He has, for, for the length of time he's played, I think he has the lowest total of interceptions to any starter out there. Yeah, like Real quick, I was doing the numbers last two seasons, Corey. 85 touchdowns, nine interceptions. Last that's, two seasons. That's unbelievable. You look at his career, it's, it's probably unreal. I I, I got to look this up real quick. This, yeah, he's got 84. Is... He's got 8,400 yards the last two years. Yeah. He's only got nine interceptions. Yeah, and if you look up his career touchdowns to interceptions, I think his interceptions is still like in the low 100s. It's like at like one or one. No, it's not even 100, bro. So this is what he got. Aaron Rodgers, 55,360 yards, 449 touchdowns. 93 interceptions 93 good god almost a five you know, to one almost a five to one it, it, it's unbelievable because like you know unfortunately the bears have had to deal with him for a while um you know i know they uh brett Favre was a big thing but i mean it's not even close honestly and, and no disrespect to brett Favre by any means he's obviously one of the greats but He's a gunslinger, man. He he threw almost as many interceptions as he did touchdowns. You know what I mean? Like, well, he was, and he had he had Sterling Sharp, and man, he had yeah. some, he had some great receivers. Um, I'm blanking Robert Robert Brooks. Yeah, uh, you know he had some great receivers too. Exactly. I mean, Aaron Rodgers has typically <laughs> done a lot with a little. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I think I think Jordy Nelson, if he's anywhere else, he's a number two or three. No disrespect to him by any means, but I think Aaron Rodgers creates people's careers. And Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers created him. And Devontae Adams works hard, and he's so talented. But early on in his career, I, I don't know if you remember, he would he said, I'm not going to throw him the ball if he can't catch it, right? And he struggled his first, like, two years. And then when he started catching the ball, that's when Aaron Rodgers said, hey, you're my guy now. And look what he did for him, right? You know, and obviously he got better, this, that, and the other. But Aaron Rodgers makes people's career. Look what he did for Randall Cobb, you know, all, all these guys. You're Michael Finley, you know. Um, you know, Aaron Rodgers is that dude. He did – had a banged up – the year they won the Super Bowl, banged up O-line. They had the most guys on injury reserve. They won the Super Bowl, you know, with, with, with no running game. I mean – it's, it's unbelievable to me. And, you know, you can't hate on it. Bears fans hate, but it, it's great to go against somebody like that because you love the challenge of it, right? Because it's like that person, like, in a video game when the, when the level's, like, extremely difficult. That boss well, he's that the you boss. can't beat. He's the, he's that you can't boss. beat. You know, and you got to get that cheat code to, to beat him. Like, that's what it seems like at times, you know? Like, he's, he's literally, I think he's lost, what, two games against the Bears in his whole career? Uh well he's on like a he's on a heater right now I think it's like it's been a lot I don't know yeah. the number off the top of my head because it's the summer and Corey I'm just I'm decompressing and I'm staying positive but yeah but isn't it something crazy like up, that it's, like, it's really bad yeah I think yeah, they won like I, eighteen out of the last twenty one or something like that yeah it's it's unbelievable and especially since he took over I'm like 
Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy. Maybe the first couple of years when he was the quarterback, maybe it was a little bit more even. But I know probably since since 2009. Well, I know I met, Mitch beat him in 18, but other than that, it's been few and far in between. Exactly. It's, 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 it's one of those guys that like, yeah. It, I always say this and, and never, oh, you're crazy. Tom Brady's the GOAT. Yeah, Tom Brady's the GOAT because of the rings. But the best quarterback to ever play the game is Aaron Rodgers, hands down. Talent-wise, what he can do. Well, you know, obviously Brady with the rings and his – ability to win the big game yeah that's but but sometimes it doesn't all come down to the quarterback you know there's there's, there's more to the table than that but I I, I think he's the greatest uh, quarterback to ever play the game and he's still doing it damn it <laughs> it's driving you know? wild uh Corey this... Corey before we get you out of here uh I want to ask you one more thing and then uh and then we're going to get out of here and Start unlock, uh, start a great run up into the regular season with yeah. some great guests coming up here on Believe in Bears. Um, you know, uh, training camp uh, for fans, uh, it can be a bit mercurial, right? Mm-hmm. You know, you just get reports and you then you make judgments on them. So, mm-hmm. uh, again, another question of a guy who's been there every single day. You know, what if you could give a message out to Bears fans right now about how to ingest and digest, maybe relax a little bit about this mm-hmm. training camp, you know, what would you kind of tell them? Because isn't it a time to sort of make some mistakes? Isn't it a time to mm-hmm. learn? Isn't it a time to come together? So it's not always going to be a smooth ride. And I have a feeling that we're, you know, it might be, might hear some bumpy things at times during this training camp. But, you know, what would you tell Bears fans uh, over this next six-week period? Oh, I, I would just say don't jump to conclusions based on what you hear from training camp reports. Um, I think they'll be ready to go. I, I feel really good about this season. You know, I feel good about – offensively the direction they're going you know with the running game I feel good about the defense um and yeah I mean you just in training camp you can never get too high or too low you know what I mean because it's not the regular season some teams have had like awful training camps where people say like this practice was bad and this is and they go on and you know they they win 12 games this season you know what I mean so take it with a grain of salt I I just want to see Justin Fields and the receivers get on the same page you know we have a full off season this year with him and the receivers. So I think that's going to be good for their connection. You know, now comes down the offensive line, right? Solidifying that left tackle position, really getting them to be road graders, right? Because we're going to be a run first team. So I want to see that battle in the trenches and training camp, how they're pushing the line, you know, um, how the defense is able to stop the run, you know, if they're really making each other work because training camp brings out the best in everybody, right? Because everybody's competing, trying to get themselves better. So I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing that connection, like I said, with the receivers, seeing the offensive line, defensive line. And I just want to see Justin Fields make those good decisions. I don't want to see those bad interceptions in the training camp, right? Live to play another snap. And you should have that mentality, right? We, we don't have to make the big, big play right now if it's not there. Take what the defense gives you. Here we go, Corey. It's on the doorstep, man. Another season right around the corner here of Believe in Bears. We're about to have a great time. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for listening to us if you listen on SiriusXM. Thank you so much for watching us on YouTube. Comment and question below, and we're going to be here all season long giving you some great Bears content here on the Believe Sports Network. Today's episode was presented by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus when you use your deposit. Oh, and use promo code, excuse me, Believe, B-L-E-A-V. Corey Wooten, my man, good to see you, dude. Um, just take us home on a good pod, and then uh, yeah, we'll be back week, uh, back next week, uh, and start with some great guests. 
Yeah, man. N another great one. It's, it's been a little of a hiatus, but we're back. Uh, we're giving you the Bears coverage. Uh, look, looking forward to next week and looking forward to uh, seeing what happens in training camp with this Bears team. You know, if they if they bring any other roster moves, um, you know, how Fields is progressing with receivers, like I said, on the offensive line and defensive line. Really looking forward to that um, because I think the offensive line and defensive line is going to set the tone for the season. You know, every time the Bears have a strong defensive front, especially stopping the run, you know, I, I know what they can do getting after the passer of Robert Quinn. I think Muhammad's going to be that difference maker this year. I think he's going to have his first double-digit uh, sack season after having seven a year ago. I think Travis Gibson is going to do at least the same he did last year, if not better, coming off the bench as that third rotation. Um, so looking forward to that because if we can stop the run and we can get after him in the pass, maybe bring some of these blitzes with Eberflus, kind of like Vic Fangio did. So some of these linebackers have more of that sack production, like Roquan Smith, one-on-one -on, -one on a running back. I'll take that matchup any day. He'll run over you, he'll run around you, whatever you want to do. So I'm really looking forward to that. I think this is going to be a surprising season. Like, like I said, I think it's a nine to 10 win season for sure. I think that gets them in the playoffs, nine wins. Um, and I'm looking forward to it. You know, I think a lot of people count the Bears out, and I think that's when they perform the best. You know, you look at the years where they weren't weren't picked to do that well, right? The 06 uh, season when they made that run. 18. Uh, my rookie year. Yeah, my rookie 18. year, 2010. Yeah. You know, when we went we went to the NFC Championship. 18, like you said, where nobody picked anything. When you're when no one's expecting something, that's when great things happen. You know, because you have no expectations. So. Really looking forward to this Bears team this season. I think they're going to shock a lot of people, you know, and uh, people thinking I'm crazy, this, that, and the other. But, hey, I'm just saying, don't believe me, just watch. Hey, you heard it here first, uh, and I'm willing to go crazy with you, man. You got me jacked up right now. Uh, you can follow me at Joey Sports Guy. Follow Corey at Corey Wooten, two O's, two T's. Yep. Thank you so much for checking us out. We'll be back uh, next week. Until then, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. And even though it's summer, it's time to officially bear down. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.